I think a lot of people think there is kind of a conflict of targets in a way, right? So it's either making people fulfilled and happy and on the other side, creating a successful company. And I think that is just a question of time. So I think that this contradiction is only true in the short term. I think in the long term, the success of the company and, and the well-being of the, of the people who live in the company is ultimately aligned. Hey there, and welcome to the Leadership Sprouts podcast. In this episode, we introduce ourselves and Leadership Sprouts to you. You will learn why we came up with this organization, why it is non-profit, and what we want to achieve with it. We dive into a reflection on the experiences made at Trivago. Rolf shares how the organization evolved, how his own beliefs about productivity and efficiency have changed over time, and how experimenting around builds the foundation of a successful culture. Given the massive changes in value creation today versus 50 years ago, we will talk about why leading a successful organization today needs different skills than before. At the end of this session, we clarify what you can expect from us as the next steps and how you can become a part of Leadership Sprouts yourself. Thanks for listening in. I actually like to introduce each other. I think okay. It's, I think it's different. Okay. So uh, I will introduce Anna. Anna uh, studied neuropsychology. Is that true? Yes, that's true. It's true. In the Netherlands, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you came to Trivago as an intern mm -hmm. after your studies. You started then taking care more and more of culture, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, we're also responsible for talent development. And uh, I think that you were one of the people at Trivago who were really thinking a lot about culture, thinking about, about the way of how we do things, contributed a lot also of my own understanding to it. Um, yeah, and that's why I'm happy that you now decided to do Leadership Sprouts with me. Thank you. Okay, then I'm going to introduce Rolf. I know that you founded Trivago together with some guys. Um, you grew up in uh, Mönchengladbach and actually in a restaurant with uh, your parents around working uh, a lot in the restaurant and you actually spent your childhood there. <laughs> and um, then you had the great luck to study in one of the most beautiful cities <laughs> in Germany. In the world. Uh, maybe it's the world. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Mm. Which is Leipzig, of course. And there you actually met your co-founders. So Malte, Peter and Stefan. And before founding Trivago, you founded a couple of other businesses and made some experiences in succeeding and failing before coming up with the amazing idea of Trivago. Oh, before you also tried to run a restaurant for a very short time. True, as well. I think there's a good a lot of experiences before Trivago that helped you then with Trivago to, to actually lead it to a such successful company that it became. And yeah, then when I joined um, Trivago, I got to know you when I was doing the academies. And when I was challenging the academy budget for 30K for 
speakers a month or something. I, I had the budget as an intern and I was challenging if that is useful spent money. And then I got a little lecture by you <laughs> and you explained to me why it's actually important to you. And um, I think getting to know you that way, I understood on how you perceive the Trivago culture and how you see the impact of things in a deeper way than maybe others would just think about budget. And yeah, this is how I I got to know you. And then I experienced you as a very thoughtful leader of an organization, very humble in evaluating what is good, what is maybe not so good, really thinking through about complexity that we are facing and understanding that it actually needs a lot of people and a lot of smart people to run a successful business and that it's not only one guy at the top who is either right or wrong about something. And um, this is what I learned and what I really appreciated. And I really appreciated that you always had an open ear and were interested in my opinions when I was um, keen to share them. So I'm also very happy now to be sitting here and uh, founding Leadership Sprouts together with you. Thank you. Cool. And so people now got to know us and most likely most people who are listening to this episode, they actually especially know you. I don't know how many know me, but um, maybe more interesting for them also is to get to know more about Leadership Sprouts and what we are trying to do with Leadership Sprouts. Okay. I think that over the last 15 years at Trivago, the organization learned a lot from its initial stages in the beginning. And I, as a person, also learned a lot and went through a lot of experiences. And I think that it was a great gift to have the chance to make these experiences and try out a lot of things during that time. Um, and I think that um, we were in a very kind of safe place where we were able to try a lot of things out. And I was able to do a lot of very stupid things over the time. Could you say a very stupid thing that would come to your mind? I think in the, early, uh, in the beginning, a lot of people will remember we had these balance scorecards, right? So I, I learned in, in university that everybody should have those balance scorecards and you, everybody should have their key Uh, contributors and KPIs, basically, you know, that you have during a, a year. And then basically at the end of the year, you would look at them and then they would define basically your salary. So we, we were thinking, okay, there must be a, a large variable component to the salary. And I just remember all these very bullshit meetings at the end of the year. <laughs> where basically everybody went through the numbers and either the numbers were completely overfulfilled so that you had to give instead of 100%, you had to give 150 or whatsoever percent. And those who were, of course, not fulfilled, you know, you had always arguments around, okay, why they were not so fulfilled, why the goal was not right, you know. And, and, so, and so it was a whole mess, of course, you know. At the end, probably everybody got between 70% and 90% or 100% of their bonuses. And uh, and it it was a, a total shit show, like, yeah. And uh, which I I took very serious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so for example, yeah. So I'm 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 just mm -hmm. saying we we went through so many iterations on on the road, right? Um, and I could just speak uh, probably days about only the, the the stupid things that we did. But the good thing was that we had the chance to 
to try a lot of things out. And we were very unbiased in the way we tried it out. So first of all, because we anyway, we did not look a lot outside of Trivago. We did not get a lot of orientation where we said, okay, we want to do this or we want to do that because we'd just seen it somewhere else. I think it was a natural thing for us just to think ourselves and not, and not look outside so much. Yeah, and we, we did never really had investors who cared or uh, who had the chance to influence it in a way. So mm -hmm. we, I think we never had what I think today is often happening, that you see young startups and then investors come in and then they define more or less a style of leadership, um, at least to a, to a broad extent. And even if uh, we see companies will always say they will not involve, of course, indirectly they do. And, and that was not the case for Trivago. So um, nobody really got involved and we were able to do all these things ourselves. And, and that's why I think we had a chance for 15 years to develop our idea of leadership, basically starting from a white piece of paper with all the failures in between, but also with all the learnings that we got from the failures. Why did you think in the first place that you would need to define a new style of leadership. So how come Trivago actually invested so much in learning and, and developing their own approaches? Because it made sense to do so over time. We learned it. We learned it that it makes sense. It was not that we started like this. It was not like a dogmatic idea in the beginning. We thought, okay, we have to run a company like this, you know. Um, there were some experiences I made before and which I did not want to repeat But but not but not so many. Actually, I was rather when I was um, starting Trivago, I, I rather had a rather fond memory of of my first startup, basically. Yeah? So my first startup in the tech scene was was uh, Chow.com, and I was really not understanding because you know I started Trivago. It was 2005, 2006, and what was very hip in that time was basically to look back at this first wave of internet startups in 2000, 2001. Um, and say, you know, oh, this was all bullshit, you know, like um, this, this focus on, you know, everybody like on purpose and giving people a lot of freedom, throwing parties and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, all of this startup culture, like people tend to look down on it and saying, see, that was total bullshit. It never worked. Mm -hmm. And, and I always mm -hmm. had the idea that, or my feeling was, it was not the case because what I experienced was that we had a lot of extremely motivated people, very small group of people then who were achieving enormous amounts of workload and creativity and so on. And I, I was always thinking, oh, wow, no, this was very, very productive, actually. It was not unproductive. You know, I think, I think there's always exaggeration of it, but most of it was very productive. Mm -hmm. So, so I think that was still an idea uh, when, when we started uh, Trivago. But besides that, I think our leadership style when we started Revago was not very, what I would call modern, or it was not like something very evolved. I think it evolved over time. And I think, I think it's, it's rather that it developed very quickly and that had had the freedom to develop very quickly. But it was always productivity driven. You know? So, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really somebody who's very much focused on productivity. So I want to do the things that make sense to develop a successful company. So it was never like dogmatic or by my belief into people or whatsoever, but it was really like, okay, well, like, what, what can we do to really drive productivity? And, and I think very early I found out, or that was maybe also something that I took from my first startup, that productivity, of course, is also very much closely related to the happiness of people, like how fulfilled are they in their job, you know, like how much freedom do they get and so on. So, so of course, this was something that I still experienced before. 
but it did not have like it was definitely not as evolved as today i mean, I mean we were starting with with uh, titles and like everybody had kind of like super exaggerated titles right and we were very freely giving them out to everybody and we were not seeing how it also can on the other side harm people and and the organization my own leadership style i think was very very top down like very overreaching like always thinking that i could do better than everybody else mm -hmm. and i still kind of have this this is still my dna this is still my nature i'm not a not a person who gives generally like people a lot of freedom and let them do their thing and is always happy with every result you know i'm definitely not so i'm coming from another side i'm coming from a side where i generally uh, believe that i can do the things best and uh, you know everybody has to be controlled so that was my initial my initial point of view um, and that just changed over time because i've seen that it did not work out you know it was not was not a belief it was experience that it just did not work out and then you if things do not work out then over time you just try to do to make things better right and so i i think that's what we did we always were trying to make things better and i think the people who who joined on this journey they also saw this development and they were also part of it mm -hmm. and i myself i learned a lot from the people who were there right so from from people who were there from the very beginning and and um originally i'm not also not somebody who would say you know, I've been, I've been such a huge international experience, right? So that I was a person who traveled the world before and had been at 20 different places or so. Um, so I learned appreciating it. I learned appreciating the diversity of people and I learned from it and that's how I developed and that's why I appreciate it and that's why it became so important. But it was not something that was in my nature. It was not something that was in my DNA to do that. So I think that we just had a huge opportunity for a very long time uh, to develop our style of leadership unbiased and just learn, you know, and mm -hmm. I think we had an organization and we had people who were sensitive and humble enough to learn. I think that's, that's probably would describe it best. Yeah. I think the learning um, never ended and is still not, not ending. And I'm still looking back at things today that have been done even at the very end. And, and I would say, ah, probably you should, we should have been able to do this better. Mm-hmm. For example, I think that we got worse and worse in making people understand why we do the things that we do. Mm -hmm. I think still most of the things I would still think it's the right things to do. Um, but I, I have a tendency to look too far into the future sometimes. And I'm not pragmatic enough in, you know, how to. How, you know, how to translate it to how to today. How to translate it. And then, but maybe even more than not being pragmatic enough, I'm not patient enough mm -hmm. to really explain the, the reason why behind mm -hmm. it. Um, and I think I should have invested way more time in the end to, to explain the reason why into it and maybe slow it down a little bit to get the buying and to, to not overstretch the organization so i think that would i would say it's still something that i i learned um in, in the end but i i think it's it's very very difficult because on the other side the world around us is just developing so fast mm -hmm. that yeah you don't then you don't overstretch the organization anymore but you you might not keep in touch with reality yeah you get outpaced so i think i think but but still if i would look back probably i have not found really the the perfect 
spot on that continuum. And uh, and I think that things like move on, and there's many things that I really learned rather in the last years, you know, and where I, I thought very differently before. Would you say that's also very much tied to your personal development? Like looking on how you have developed and how you reflect about yourself and people around you? Yeah. I think sometimes the, the organization developed faster than me. Mm -hmm. Interesting, you know? yeah. Yeah, so, so I think there were things where uh, many people in the organization, maybe even you um, or other people, they already understood things that I had not understood so far. And, uh, you know, and sometimes it, it was the other way around. So and I, I thought, I think that I understood things, but everybody else was not there yet. So I, I would not say it's only my personal development who basically defined the development of the company. So I, I, I was developing and sometimes I was learning from it and it was behind. And sometimes I was maybe rather in the teaching role. But yeah, it, it, definitely my, my personal development was like massively like evolving in these 15 years, just like from my perspective, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know what others would say, but but I definitely um, changed a lot of my my opinions about things. And it's it's not in, it's including things that uh, happen in Trivago, but also um, things that happen in the world. So I really changed my opinion about a lot of things. And I think some people say that might be a weakness, and I think it's a strength. So yeah, I, I definitely. Think, I think it's a strength to to be able to change your opinion. I always like when people change their opinion. I think it's even even I would say it's one of the best moments I have with people. So if, if I if I meet somebody and and somebody changes their point of view, I think that's for me always motivating. Okay, I'm bringing bringing the the story back to leadership sprouts. So we've been learning a lot at Trivago or you've been learning a lot at Trivago and with this organization, we tried out a lot of things. We could try a lot of things in an unbiased way, you said. So why do you think it's worth to do something that we do with Leadership Sprouts? I think specifically in the latest years, I got often contacted by people or I got approached by people telling me, hey, Rolf, it would be nice if you could share your experiences. Very different ways it might be. It might be a panel or it might be contribution to a book or it might have been like mentoring people personally or mentoring their companies or whatsoever. And also when I went into discussions, I often perceived it in a way where, which I never thought about it before. So I was never really in the, in the, in the perception that we do something very unique, you know, in Trivago, because also I was not really looking outside a lot. And for me, it was always rather like, okay, that's what you should do and everybody should do that, right? And Everybody will be smart enough just to, to do these things and experience that. And then I basically, but, but the more I basically got uh, confronted with the outside world and I really like uh, listened to people's stories outside of Trivago, the more I got the impression that, no, this, there is some uniqueness about it. So there are some ideas, some concepts which are quite unique. And also um, I think when more and more people left Trivago, Uh, went on on new new challenges and and went into other companies. Then specifically, they came back often to me and said, "Hey, Ralph, you know, now I know that there was something special about it, and I don't know like how I can bring this into my new adventure, into my new challenge in my new company. I would really love to do that, but but it's really hard. So it's maybe it's hard because you know there's uh, other people who are basically having." seem to have better arguments than me and I cannot really argue for it, although I know it's it's working better. 
or um, I, I just I just lacking the tools. I'm, I'm just lacking the, the ideas, you know, and, and, you know, and that's basically when often people like approach me and, and ask me to to mentor them. Right. But uh, but I think I think that is as a very personal approach It's not really like scalable um, and um, it's not really something that you can do for a lot of people. And I think if there's something unique about it, which hopefully we can find out also among us, then we should find a way to to yeah give it give it back to the world, you know, and uh, let the world do whatever it wants to do with it. So it's not um, that um, I want to teach people. But I would really like to share this experience, and I would share it. Uh, I like to share it in detail, uh, in a way, so that um, other people can take these experiences and see if there is something they can take away from it, or something that they can develop further in the future. So that's a very personal for people, right? So on the one hand side, it's to empower somehow people to take this thought or take this inspiration of how you could run a company how you can lead a company and put it either in their own organizations transform it try out something with it and create um, their own businesses with it i mean that's that's on a very short time frame i think and on a long time frame is a bit more this belief or being convinced that if you want to run a successful company in the long term then we call it sustainable leadership at Leadership Sprouts is actually something incremental that you need to have. Um, maybe we can explain this a bit more. Yeah, I, th I think for, first of all, it's important, again, back to the point we said, um, what does it need, like how does leadership need to look like to run a company successfully? I mean, these are really, really big words. But it, it's not, it's not a belief. I think it's not so much a belief, but I think it's rather like an experience that we want to share. And um, what we think is that there is a correlation between whatever we did in leadership and the success of the company, right? I would not call that a belief because I think at the end, that's the only thing that defines the success of a company. You know, I think, I think when you are growing something or when you're successful with something over 15 years, um, I think then it's not like, you know, because there's, a, I don't know, a super smart person at the top or whatsoever, you know, like you have resources or you have a great idea whatsoever. I think, I think a company cannot be successful over such a long time because of that. It can be successful over a very long time because of its culture, because of the organization itself, because of the way how it selects people, how it motivates people and so on. That's at the end the reason why a company is successful. So it's more systemic. Actually. I, I truly believe that it's in a systemic approach. I think we totally overestimate the idea of, of like um, a great idea, of a great strategy or whatsoever. You know, I, th I think that's probably complete bullshit, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on uh, strategy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was always aware that it's not very helpful, though I should have been probably more aware of it. <laughs> um <laughs> But but I really believe into 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 systems and systems are at the end successful. So first of all, I wanted to say I think I think it's it's really like something that we experience. I think it's not something that we believe in. What I do think so as well is that it's not only creating a successful company, but what I also see is that in this way that you can create a successful company, but also with people who are fulfilled or more happy at least on average uh, with what they're doing. And I, I, 
see, and I'm I'm always kind of an optimizer, so I really like, um, you know, I I get I get mad when I see when I look out in the world and I see that people are less successful and make people rather unhappy with the way how they're leading them. Um, and I think maybe we can contribute. So maybe we have the chance to contribute and um, with all of these other people who try that, yeah, but maybe we have a chance to contribute and and to spread the word and um, and make it on average a little bit more, make people in their positions and what they do more fulfilled and more happy and make the companies at the same time more successful. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think that's what we, what we call sustainable leadership. I think mm -hmm. the, the idea is also... Because when I speak about these two things, I think a lot of people think there is kind of a conflict of targets in a way, right? So it's either making people fulfilled and happy and on the other side, creating a successful company. And I think that is just a question of time. So I think that this contradiction is only true in the short term. I think in the long term, it's aligned. I think in the long term, the success of the company and, and the well-being of the of the people who live in the company is ultimately aligned. You know, that's why I'm also always like a bit critical with those people who are always speaking the like hating shareholder value, but it's it's more or less about what has become shareholder value mm -hmm. today, right? Mm -hmm. So because if it's the value of the company, I think if if it's really the value of the company, I think in the long run, and you're thinking about it not in a in a quarterly or a yearly uh, time frame, but you're really looking at in the long term perspective, I really think that a lot of the conflicts that we have or that we see right now, they they do not exist anymore. Yeah, I don't say that we create like we can carve out all of the conflicts. I think that would probably also have to align probably also government and legislation and so mm -hmm. on and so mm -hmm. on. I think, I think they would have, would have to care for a lot of things more to, to completely align it. You know? So I think right now that's not true, especially when you're looking at resources and so on. But I think a lot of the conflicts that we have are just in the short term. And we, when we think about shareholder value as something like stock price and say, this is something that we influence tomorrow. I agree. If you think about shareholder value and say, I want, I want to create a company which is really the most successful company in a longer time frame, in a five or 10 year time frame, I think then you don't have these conflicts. And the question is just how, how well are you in translating these conflicts to the markets so that they believe it? And then you don't have this discrepancy anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to do things that the markets do not believe. You know, and I think that is a problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, um, and that is hard for people to, to shift actually that mindset, right? I think that makes it hard for people to shift the mindset uh, because it's, of course, way easier to explain a market, uh, a quarter result that is good right now than tell a market you invest into people and then you have a better quarterly result in, in three years. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the problem. You know, it's, I think it's two-sided. I think in one hand, the problem is that it's, you know, it's profits in the future and so they come with insecurity, right? And then you don't know if they really happen and, and you, you also don't know the cause and effect relationship. So that is one thing. So first of all, what would they really look like? So can you really see them, the cause and effect relationships? And then are you really able then to communicate them? So even if you see them, and even if you're convinced you see them, it's another question if you can communicate them to the markets, right? But that is basically the only contradiction. So this is basically the only conflict, you know, that's these two things, but it's not, it's not so much that there is just a general conflict between it. 
Yeah, maybe also one mission of leadership sprouts is to help to dissolve this problem, to bring it closer to each other and make it clear that it's not contradicting so much, actually. But also leveraging data and facts that are supporting the discussion. Yeah, I think that was also often in discussion that we even had internally. I think that was um, also one of the problems that in, in that moment, You can, of course, do a lot of logic deduction, but you don't have always the empirical data at hand. And um, and I think if you want to do it thoroughly, then you need both. You need the logical deduction of what you what you, your hypothesis, um, but you also need the data that supports you. Um, and that is, of course, when you are like in a super busy schedule and you run a company like Trivago, that is sometimes hard to do. Um, but I think that is something that we also want to do better, right? So leadership sprouts should also not come up with these concepts and uh, and line them up and um, uh, th logically, theoretically deduct them, but also support them with data and with empiric data. Yeah, maybe that's a nice transfer to talk about how leadership sprouts is actually working. So right now it's you and me sitting here talking into microphones and um, doing a first episode for our podcast. But maybe we can also dive a bit deeper into how we are working, what we try to achieve and why we think that a community is super important to, to succeed with our mission. Yeah, so I think we didn't speak about it, but we wanted to start Leadership Sprouts as a non-for-profit um, organization, so we don't have the idea to make money with this. Our idea is to just create more meaning, more happy people in hopefully very successful companies. And um, I think that to do this, I think there is more necessary than like two people or 10 people or 50 people in a company. I think what you need is uh, a lot of very motivated people that want to spread the word and made a positive experience like we made a positive experience and then are happy to spread the word and, and carry this into the world and sprout it everywhere where it's needed. And uh, so, so, so I think it needs something which is more close to what you see in the in the open source um, movements um, that you you see in technology or so. So something where you have a lot of people who are wanting to contribute to a greater cause and um, and help others keep on spreading the world and and, and it help others. And create a ripple effect. And create a create a ripple effect. I think because. Otherwise, if you if you just like um, want to create something with the resources of a company or like of a non-for-profit company, um, even I think that's not that's not really like something that that will scale fast enough. So I think it's only possible if we really create ripple effects and rather create like a movement than I think we create a company. And I think it's too big to speak of that, but but I think it's a it's a way of at least you know it can happen in a very small even if it happens in a small way and even if it's not if not if it's not a worldwide movement so even if it's if it's just affecting three other companies or five other or ten other companies you know I think it's still it would still would be worth it. I already love that you think about a worldwide movement. <laughs> no, but but I mean it just sounds always so big, you know, when you say movement. But movement is not because of the size. Movement is more about. Like what kind of fabric does it have? You know, like what kind of, like how does it feel? 
you know, and what 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 is it? And I, I think it should be not something where you have to con where you, which you have to market and where you have to convince people. You know, I think it should be something which evolves out of itself. And if it doesn't, then maybe the content is just not good enough, and then that's fine too. But it should evolve out of itself. It should be not a product. You know, yeah, definitely not. And um, we think that we want to create something which is not something that's profitable, not something that is existing in this normal business universe. But uh, we want to start with a non-for-profit, probably a purpose company. So where basically everybody who's taking part in this can be sure that nobody at the end like gets rich of it, but just everything gets you know f fed back into the into the costs that we have. And then I think the initial idea is always I really believe into karma. You know, I think you know in the moment where you you give something to people, you know, things flow in one direction, they can also flow in the other one. So I think we really want to start with help supporting and helping what we can, how we can help people. So um, we want to uh, mentor people who have maybe started their own businesses, people who came to us with their questions, if we could support them, if we could support the idea, if we, if we can, can consult them and whatever they're doing. And I think that is one thing that we want to do. But we would really like to then involve more and more people who in, into that who are also happy to support us and to say, hey, no, actually, I, I experienced it, you know, maybe at Trivago or maybe at another company. I experienced what you mean. I experienced, I can follow your ideas. And I would really like to support Leadership Sprouts to spread them in the world. And I bet there are millions now, but there are a lot of people at Trivago who get approached by others uh, for advice. Maybe, you know, not to the extent you get approached by people, but um, I felt it in my role. Um, I feel that a lot of people would just share their experiences about Trivago with their surroundings, friends, colleagues, whatever. They actually are also being approached to, to consult and to mentor. And sometimes maybe their people have questions and would like to, you know, also talk to us and then... I would like to contribute, so I would like to um, actually also sprout the idea of leadership sprouts, but I'm not really sure how. And this is also where we are happy to support and and give something to the network. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we want to develop. First of all, we want to connect people. Mm -hmm. So I think we would like to connect really uh, those people who have this kind of mindset and. And I think to be able to connect people around it, it has to be also institutionalized in a specific way, you know. So, so I think it's super hard to connect people and 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 not say, well, but, but what are you speaking actually, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so when when we um, when we so so that's why we need to create something like a framework to start with, something like an idea, like a structure to how do we think about this? So what are this kind of basic principles, what are the things that we really believe in and that we have to align like to as a group, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so, and I think that is the part that we really want to institutionalize and where we want to create a framework of how people can speak about it and then bring people together around it. So first of all, create it together with people, create this framework together and then bring a group of people around it who basically, as you said, already gets approached either by the people in their in their own company company right now um, in a company they work for right now and and give them a platform to exchange the ideas of of um, sustainable leadership of sustainable leadership and I think that's for me how it starts and then I think um, hopefully we also find 
people in the science world who then say, okay, you know, we would really like to support this idea as well. And we, we would really like to chip in and, and give our knowledge and what we learned about leadership and, and put this together and can also connect it to the experience that we made at Trivago and support us with, with data and with studies and so on and ship that in as well. Um, and basically then have this, you know, self-maintaining, self, not only maintaining, but developing, self-developing like cycle of, of contributors um, and make everybody stronger. So, so the idea is really that, you know, at the end, you're not saying, ah, you know, I experienced a thing at Trivago, but it's still really hard to talk about it. You know, I mean, there was this kind of like weird leadership model or, you know, the, I don't know, they, they, the way they structured the organization or whatsoever. Right. So, so, and, and you should not stand there and say like, yeah, that was amazing, but nobody gets it at the end. Mm -hmm. But, but I really would like you then to, to be equipped in a way. So really say that, that but when you are in, in this situation where you, where you want to basically describe what was important, like why is it, did it work, um, that we give you like the tools to do so. And not only give you the tools, but basically initiate them and, and, and give you like a community around it that develop these tools further. Because I also think that if you would have, for example, if you would have cut the development short five years earlier, so if you would not, if you would say, okay, we can now go back and say into the year 2015, I think there would have been a lot of things um, that we have not thought about in 2015 who are really great innovations and we would not have, have them right now. So what happens in 2025? So we're now in 2020. So we cannot not now like develop those things further, you know, like, but what we can do is we can, we can basically sprout those. So we can like uh, give those ideas into other companies and they can make their own experiences and they can basically develop them further. And hopefully then in 2025, we have something which is way, way exceeding whatever experience we had in the last 15 years. So I think that is, that, that's the idea, right? So we cannot make it in, um, um, only depending on one company where it's developed mm -hmm. further. So I think, I think there's way more chance if we spread it and we sprout it into, into, into many companies. I think then we have way more chances to make different kinds of experiences and, and learn from it. Um, than, than keeping it just in, in the silo of Trivago. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think this is also the super exciting part of the network and the community, which we would then build is that you can use the different perspectives from a different companies, but also different industries. And those people who are working in there, they can apply those ideas to their setting and um, take it as an inspiration but making their own thing out of it and then feeding it back to the community and it keeps kind of this learning spiral yeah and uh, i think that is super exciting to really see how it's been taken from one point but then developed to completely different maybe and ideally have the community then kind of like deciding like in an open source pr um, process deciding okay what is the main branch of it so what's yeah. basically our, our main consents um but also leaving all the others open and say hey but these are like there's somebody somebody branched something out and you like and this person went into another direction and this person went into this direction and um and basically have this kind of like process be done by a community because i think it's 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 also not prudent to do it as a person with your with your 
own bias. Yeah. So I think it's very important um, to have a community of people doing it um, who have a common understanding and then basically like like deciding on it and not uh, me or you or or somebody like who is doing it from a company perspective or yeah yeah i agree to have a sounding board and another thing is that we are trying to create a bit of content so one thing is the is the podcast now and this podcast serves to on the one hand side to keep people in the loop of our thoughts and the ideas and what we are experiencing and going deeper into different concepts of sustainable leadership and how we think about it and new new ideas that we get and new insights that we think through. But also for us, it's also very interesting because it also brings us into the discussion mode and to process information and to really give us direction on what we want to combine with the term of sustainable leadership and also what we want to put more into content form and share it with people. So so this podcast is actually a live discussion, live information processing. It's basically meant to be kind of a like taking you along the thought process. So it's not, nothing that we prepared in a way. Uh, where we said, okay, now we we exactly you know want to communicate this and this and this today, and um, and ideally you would also join us here, and if you if you if you want to want to contribute, and if you if you have an idea, if you want um, if you think that's all making not a lot of sense, and you would do it in a better way, um, then please also just just write us and 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 become part of this process. Um, so I think we don't we don't say that we are here and we have done something which is. Uh, amazing and we want to present it to you <laughs> but um, but we have an idea and we would like as many people as possible uh, at the end to to be part of the process um, and 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 so this is basically like um, serving these two purposes like having um, you know ourselves like us getting into this thought process and involving involving you and others also and even even people who are Uh, have very different ideas. So I hope that we will have guests here, um, which which have a very different idea, who 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 have a very different idea of leadership, and hopefully we can learn from them, and hopefully we are open enough to to learn, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, to also um, adapt basically what we're thinking and make it more clear. Yeah. So that being explained, bear with us that this is maybe far away from perfect imperfection itself and we are learning by doing and um, yeah we are trying to take you with us and it would be amazing to have it as interactive as possible so maybe you can be one of our guests or if you have any questions you can write us I would also love to to have open question being discussed and maybe answered here in this in this podcast by us um, I think that would be super cool But yeah, this podcast is is the beginning. Let's um, let's take it that way, and I think it would be also super interesting role for people to know. So now they know there is leadership sprouts. Now they know there is a podcast right here, and they know that we want them to be part of a community. What can they expect now from us? I think the next steps would be for us to bring people together. So I think that's hopefully something that you can still expect from us, hopefully um, happening uh, this year. 
So if you want to be part of this, if you really think, ah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I was a really big fan of, of what I've seen at Rivago or what I've seen from Europe, from, from outside or whatsoever. Um, it would be really, really cool if you can be part of this. Um, if you think that your organization um, can learn and, co and also contribute, um, then um, j just get in contact with us. Yeah? We want to do this, so we want to bring people together. We want to exchange. Uh, we want to brainstorm. And, um, and then working on the basic foundations is also something they can expect from us. So working on the ideas of why is leadership like you know like leadership has been developing over such a long time and it's a, it's the way how it is and it's as a reason for it so why can it not stay the way it is right now so why is it not right um, the way of how we learned it in the books basically for the last 50 years and so i think we need some foundation work so so say like okay why is what changed actually so why mm -hmm. is leadership not working anymore the way how we might have learned it um, and then, then basically, I think some 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 work around um, what are the basic foundations or what are the basic things that we think because of that change um, have to adapt basically in early in leadership. So I think I think some basic structure is what you can expect from mm -hmm. us. Um, that doesn't mean that this is the way of how it is and it should not be changed. But um, I think to to go into a good discussion, I think you need a framework. So. So we want to we want to deliver that framework, um, and with a chance to any any time change it again and and rework it. But I think that's something that you can expect as well. Okay, that's a that's a good summary of the next steps that we take from our sides, and hopefully this, as you said, can happen this year. Still, most likely not in person since Corona is around, but also because a lot of people are in different places, and it's anyhow maybe complicated right now to meet i mean maybe maybe that's a good closing for for this session for a start for people that they get an idea on what leadership sprouts is about and what we aim with it to do with it and um and really um i mean really um it would be super super cool and i know that um there's probably few people who think now ah you know i really want to ask this question but But it would be so cool if some of you who listen now, um, and it's it's probably only very few people, so I address actually you, yeah? You are the last person who now still listens to this. <laughs> so could you please, could you please just write down some questions for us? Um, yeah. um, because um, I think it's so difficult. I mean, we tried now to touch some points. But for for us, it's very very difficult to really to really know. Okay, like what like did people really get it right? Because we cannot go back basically to the days where we did not think about it before. So it would be really super cool if you could uh, write down some questions and say, okay, uh, you know, guys, I really don't have a clue what you're doing there. Um, <laughs> and uh, and please, like, what do you, that you say, like what do you really want to do with leadership or whatsoever? Just please write it down. And maybe then we can do like a, a podcast 1.a. Yeah, Q&A. Right? And where we do just the Q&A and we, we answer that. And, and you know, and people who know me know that I'm anyway just better in Q&As. Um, and maybe the next time when we talk and sit here together, we can give a bit more insight on... You, you just mentioned a structure and a foundation and maybe we can start to talk about what we thought of 
And we can finally introduce the famous Heidi principles to people so they know. <laughs> the, f the famous one. Yeah. That's a, it's a fun fact because Rolf recently spoke as a, at a conference and introduced the Heidi principles, which we came up with recently. <laughs> and they were sold as the famous Heidi principles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so somebody yeah. somebody did not do the the research, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And we are, I think, um, sooner than later, we are opening our social media accounts. And there is also something where we can do a lot of clarification work, where we can, when we hear your questions, where we know, okay, this is something that can be clarified. This is something we can share. So you're not only dependent on listening to one and a half hour or one hour podcasts, but you could also have a bit quicker access to information if you would like to have. Good. Okay, cool. cool. Then uh, that was the first podcast. I'm looking forward to the second one. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>